This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Trying to get by Benning. Darnell Nurse left it in the corner. Gets up center. Perry. Hey everyone, it's the Pucks and Brews episode, very special episode as Ed is angry. Throwing things around in this Canadian <sighs> studio, apparently. I mean, my ears were about to explode there for a second. I can't hold on to my phone. I just, <laughs> just, just, <laughs> this is a uh, very special one. All three of us are here. It's a, the Behind the Paywall episode on Twitch. Uh, this uh, is our Pucks and Brews show. Everyone show what they're drinking as we do. Uh, this is one of my yeah. favorite breweries. The Shoots mm. Brewery. Uh, it's Indian Pale Ale, Fresh Haze. Very yummy. Very, very good. Recommend them. Yeah, I got uh, one of my classic. I actually got a whole a bunch of different ones, but I'll be starting with uh, the brewery uh, Orchada, or Horchata, depending on how you want to pronounce it. But seven point two percent. Correct him, please. It's Orchata. I know it's Orchata, <laughs> but I'm white, so I say Horchata. He's like, it tastes. I want the beer that tastes like cinnamon toast crunch. When <laughs> yeah, I should have tried that when I was down in. there because it does not sound like it would be good. From what it's, I, it's, just been, it's only from what I've heard from Pat too. It depends if you like cinnamon. If you don't like cinnamon, then you're not going to like it. It's kind of like okay, a look, cinnamon beer. <laughs> I like it on draft. I can't yeah. do it out of the can. Out of the can, I, it's tough. I can if I take it out of the can. I'll agree with you there. It's weird. In the can, it does not have the same taste as when you pour it into a glass. But once you pour it in a glass, it's good to go, which I'm now realizing I do not have one. <laughs> <laughs> you can't wait to drink it now. Oh, good. But if I want to, I also have Ho Garden. That's a wheat oh, beer oh, that oh. I always like. I like wheat beers. And then I figure since it's extra special, I'll probably take a shot of Jameson. Some just Jameson so would extra, kick it off. Just so I'm extra funny to myself. There you go. That's the way you do it. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie, what do you got, my friend? I, we can't see you because uh, we can't. But uh, yeah. As per usual, I have nothing because... <laughs> The the preparation I had for the show wasn't uh, it got derailed per se today, so uh, I, I did not have time excuses. to go get anything. I'm yeah. putting some people excuses. down because I told people I would be on the show. But, uh, oh yeah, everyone's like, oh Eddie's drinking on this uh, Pucks and Bruce. Everyone's excited. Jay and I both were like, no, I don't think there's enough fully, mango cart. I fully planned on it, and then uh, things went and sideways then today. A question. Let's let's do the let's do this. Jay, do you remember? As long as we've been doing our Patreon Pucks and Brews show, how many times, this is a quiz, how many times has Eddie drank on the show? I'm going to go with two times. No, maybe, no maybe I think three. it's been three. I think it's three. Yeah, it was either two no, or three. Because we've done it's, two. It's three. We did one here. Two. We did two October. there. 
No, not the not first. The first time we did the first time I came down in October, we did one, and then when I came down in March, we did another one, and then I did at least two when I was in Sudbury. You did one when you weren't here. No, because he had the leftovers the second time. Remember? Yeah. He's like, all yeah, I got is this leftover stuff of the stuff I hate. Some like fusion, like. But I think he showed it, and I don't think he ever actually drank it. Uh, we can't see, so our yeah. So we only know about it's two. Four. So I was it's right. Definitely four, and we've only done we've only done like maybe eight or nine. So it's 19. at least fifty percent. Nineteen. Yeah, it's been. Man, a lot. I love your Canadian math. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, to, to our fans and listeners, did you guys know that uh, Canadian money smells like maple syrup? I had no idea about that. that the is, hundreds that are only brandy. supposed to smell like maple syrup. The twenty does also. Very curious. Maybe somebody who gave this to me had, like Jay said, it was like sandwiched between a couple between of hundos. Hundreds, yeah, like like oh. a baller handed you one or something. Yeah, just, just like uh, <laughs> very, was, yeah, very maple. Was, 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 uh, did uh, were you standing next to Drake and he looked in his wallet? He goes, "What the hell is this twenty doing here?" And threw it. Like, here, take it. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Be gone, gave it to you peasants. <laughs> Oh, hey, so that's crazy. We, yeah, it is weird because <laughs> our money just smells gimmick. like just I don't know. I guess it just smells like money. We don't I don't know. This yeah. smells like dirt. Yeah, I don't know. No, it <laughs> yeah, smells like yeah. dirt. Smells <laughs> smells grimy. I don't know. Let's say it smells like coke, right? Because yeah. there's like always like trace amounts of cocaine uh, on money or strippers. So it sounds like or smells like uh, broken dreams and it tears. Like America. Cheeseburgers, <laughs> <laughs> Max. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, you know, cargo pant dads smells like uh, that too. Cheers to anyone who's uh, drinking. Yep. So we got uh, quite a lot to talk about. A few, a few wonderful things happened to uh, one of my least favorite teams Ooh, in the NHL. Nice. Very exciting. But uh, before we get there, we're doing a Stanley Cup watch party <clears throat> next Saturday. Yes. Uh, at Lampost Pizza in West Yorba Linda, right? Not East. Born and West raised. Linda. So that's what we'll be there. Uh, we'll be Jane will probably be there on four, four thirty. Game is at five. I think it's yeah. at five. So games at five. We're not doing season's almost over. Yeah, it's the end of the year. Yeah, it's our last so. pick at the cage to hang, and uh, before we get rocking and rolling and preparing for for next yeah. season. So yep. that'll be your next week. Eddie can't make this one, unfortunately. Ah, uh, no. I'm sure he'll be drinking at home. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> just not just not for these shows. That's, that's it. Yeah, 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 he'll count that as two drinks. By the way, it is yeah. mango cart. <laughs> so, guys, where do we start? Should we start with um, the Blues and Sharks series? Because I feel like there's a lot we could talk about from just the San Jose Sharks perspective. But um, kind of a lackluster ending for a game six. That was very disappointing. Very disappointing. San Jose had a lot of problems uh, heading into that uh, between uh, injuries. Uh, there's a fight they, they had in the scrimmage, I think, before. I think it was game five. Oh, it was Aaron Dell and some, and some scrum. Some, yeah, yeah, some other plug. So and, and warm-up's not what you do, bud. You don't do yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, probably. I, I wonder how often that happens. I've seen it occasionally that happens that way, but, uh, yeah, I don't know, between teams. Teammates, I know. I never get upset. It's just once someone does that, I just get out of the net. I just like, all right, forget you. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm taking it to level, that level. It's a problem. It's got to yeah. be a problem when you get to that level. Yeah, and from what I've heard, it's like uh, the the backups too. They'll they'll face the harder shots. Like the players won't necessarily go, you know, top, you know, top corner or top bar down. 
uh, on their their goalies, you know, their starters, because they they don't want an injury, they don't want to hit them in the head, and then concussion protocol kicks in, and all that other fun stuff. So they, if you're a backup, you tend to face a little bit harder um, shots and uh, not necessarily uh, friendly ones. You kind of expected what was that, take? that game six to be like the Pavelski didn't play, right? I know Carlson and Hurdle nope. were out, so you have um, yeah. don't have your captain, it. you don't have uh, Eric Carlson, you don't have Tom Tomas Hurdle. Like those are arguably three of your better players, and they're not playing. You kind of felt like it was they're at least going to lose, but yeah, I mean, I'm not too surprised it went five one. You've got Martin Jones and Ned who struggled all year, so you take out three key pieces of your team. They are deep, and they did arguably have their their best player in Logan Couture, but. That that's a huge loss. Like that that's like taking out O'Reilly, Tarasenko, and Petrangelo out of the Blues and expecting them to go in and win, right? Like that's just it's not going to happen. They're a deep team, but that I don't think they would ever been able to overcome that. That was just too big of a loss for them. And they were playing in St. Louis too. Like that that's even harder to try and overcome that. Like you're playing on the road and you lose your captain, your best defenseman, and one of your best young players. Like that that's just impossible for them to overcome from that. You'd say impossible, but then, like, if they had only had maybe, like, Pavelski out and they had everybody else at least try and play, I'm sure the refs would have been able to help them. They just can't help them when there's <laughs> at least three main yeah. guys gone. <laughs> then it's just two. You can't You obvious. can't make up four goals, but if you can keep it within one and late in the third, the refs will give you a nice Yeah. yeah. I think that's why St. Louis just went all out. It's like, listen, we got to build up, like, a football score ahead of them before, you know, then, we're, then we might be able to let off the gas just a bit. But... <laughs> that's a tough go. I don't like the Sharks. You guys know that. I was rooting against them the second they got into the playoffs. I have, you know, zero sympathy for them whatsoever. It it all just kind of hinged on Martin Jones at the end of it, though, didn't it? The guy had a sub-870 round against the Blues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, it's, uh, it's, the, it's the heckle and... Uh, the heckle. And they still got the it heckle. to six games, right? Like, if he was yeah. average, they probably would have won that easily. <laughs> If he was a 9-10 goalie, if yeah. he was a backup goalie, they win this series. I've saying that all year. Like yeah. if they were if he was a 9-10 goalie on the in the regular season, they would have ran away with the Western Conference and probably got 55 plus wins just because of where they ended up finishing with him being horrible. Even Aaron Dell was bad. Like both their goaltenders finished below 900 save percentage. And they still yeah. topped like got close to topping the the Western Conference. It's the ebb and flow. It's the inconsistency. It's the problem we almost always see with Martin Jones. Like you look at the first one, it was four or five games in the Vegas series. He was god awful garbage, and we thought it was going to go down real quick. And all of a sudden, started playing really well. The the end of the first round, all the way to the second round, uh, played very well. Numbers got up, and then it just went off a cliff when St. Louis did. So it's kind of that that up and down that he has, which is. Really, really rough when it comes to playoffs. You, you got to have at least a little bit of consistency. But even Bennington, I think his numbers are are, are backup quality. I think he's like nine one four compared to a lot of the other yeah. uh, goalies that are in the mix. Uh, you know, there there's far better goalies that aren't even playing that that have a higher save percentage. So, you know, goalies are good. You you, you need them hot. That definitely helps. But uh, it also helps when your team's you know kicking in goals and not injured. This is like a Dan Bilesma-type run from Craig Berube, right? Almost even a little bit better, because Dan Bilesma, I think he came in later in the year for them, and then Craig And he didn't take a last-place team. Yeah, and Craig Berube came in around Christmas time, I think, around December or January when he came in. They were either bottom of the league or close to it when he took over, and at one point they were the worst team in the league. They were 31st, brought them all the way back, got them into the playoffs, and then have, they've obviously made just a rid- ridiculous run now to get to the Stanley Cup Finals. Like that, you know, he That's why he's nominated for the Jack Adams, but 
I don't know if it's just him or just that change of scenery. This is the team we expected them to be, right? Like, this is what, at the beginning of the season, a lot of people picked them to be one of the best teams in the Western Conference. Is it him? Or or is it just they changed the change of scenery, the team kind of regrouped and got back to what they were supposed to be? Like, I think it's a bit of both. I would say it's a mix of both. I don't think you can't attribute that all to one thing. They kind of came together as a group, and I, I, they just they just pushed through, man. I mean, they were one of the best teams, like you said, right? The second half of the year, they're one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, and this is a team that was coached by uh, Mike Yo for a while. Um, so it's <laughs> who I guess was interviewed by the Ducks before Randy Carlisle. Oh, I don't know what would have been worse. I'm not <laughs> sure either. Yeah, which uh, pick your poison, literally on it. But uh, you know, I mean, the, the coaching will will come in and maybe you know it's a it's a better fit with what the team has. But I know Tarasenko was off to just a horrific start. About the only one who's been consistent through the entire season. Uh, was um, uh, Ryan O'Reilly, and uh, he was he was carrying the team, but he was a big leader down the line there. But it also coincided with Bennington coming in, and I mean he thrust himself from halfway in the season all the way to the end. He's in the conversation for Rookie of the Year, the Calder. I mean, and he's he hasn't looked really out of place. I mean, the numbers, like I said, overall save percentage, not the upper echelon right now, but he's doing enough to win. And he's won three rounds. He hasn't lost a series yet. I just jinxed him, but. Uh, that was, yeah, I mean, I, I think you. it all kind of, kind of coincides with, uh, you know, a new goaltender, uh, the team wanting to play better, a new coach, a new system. So a lot of little different things kind of adding up and they're just, they're hot right now. They're so hot right now. You know, the, the, the Martin Jones issue for me is, is hilarious. He had a nine, an eight, nine, six regular season and eight, nine, eight postseason. They made it all the way to game six of the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> Insanity. His last five games he played in this playoffs, an 840, an 875, a 909, an 875, and a 778 to cap off the end of his of his season. It I want to know good the Sharks are, right, as a team. Just I want to uh, see what his numbers were in elimination games because he had, what, five of them and only lost one of them? I think, well, not their elimination because Colorado, they were eliminating Colorado. So, uh, you know, I, I think he's he's done well in certain aspects. But, yeah, overall, that's that's <laughs> it's not going to get you. When, when you finals. have Eric Carlson and you yeah, I mean, can't mind, get through this series with a guy who's half an it, Eric Carlson. And he was still really damn good when he was on yeah. the ice. Maybe not the best that we've seen him at for sure, but he was definitely laboring throughout the playoffs. He didn't look like himself. Um, that was noted by many broadcasts throughout the entire playoffs. Where I mean, most notably, um, the, it, too. against uh, the Avs is when it started to look like he was starting to get really affected. And then the Blues series, clearly, it, it was, he was half of what he used to be. Um, but yeah, bye-bye. Bye, San Jose. What's the number one oh. priority for San Jose this offseason? Because Carlson's UFA, Pavelski's <laughs> UFA, or is it going out and actually getting a goaltender? That isn't Martin Jones, like somebody average at least. Hold like, on, you forgot Pavelski UFA, Thornton UFA, Carlson UFA, Nyquist UFA, Donskoy UFA, Heed and Haley UFAs. For the draft, they have no 2019 first or second round pick, no 2020 first round pick, and they lose their 2021 second round if Eric Carlson returns, which doesn't look like he's going to, and they lose their 2020 second round if Nyquist returns, which is still a possibility. Yeah, but- 
like Nyquist isn't a big loss. You can you can either fill that from within or, or get somebody in free agency. And Joe Thornton is as you know great of a player he was. I don't think he's a massive loss for them. But losing Pavelski is huge. He's still one of their best players. He's their captain. Eric Carlson, is, yeah, he he and Couture. Yeah. Eric Carlson, you could argue was their best defenseman between him and Brent Burns, and he's a big big loss. Or like, can you sustain those losses and maybe go out and try and get a goaltender? Like, I don't know if if Sergey Bobrovsky would want to come out. To San Jose, I'm sure it's not the worst place to play and the worst place to live, but is that? I mean, in my opinion, like yeah, it's tough to lose Eric Carlson, but you didn't have him before. You've gotten far without him before. You could probably sustain that with Brent Burns back there. I think it's between trying to keep Joe Pavelski or going out and getting a legitimate starting goaltender because they they can't obviously do it with Martin Jones. You can't have that in those, like you said, the save percentage below 900 in all of the last five games of the playoffs for him, you can't win with that. Like, they arguably lost because of him. You need a goalie. They, how could they get one at the deadline? Because they had belief in Martin Jones, because he's done stuff in the past. They should have at least gotten a backup, right? Like, Aaron Dell I mean, this year, too. Like, there was rumors they were going to go after Ryan Miller. They never did. Like, that would have been something... They could have done to at least one Martin Jones or Strickland. They could have been like, oh, you know, we'll go with this guy. Maybe he can get it done. They didn't even try. No. Yeah. 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 I, I think Ryan Miller would have been a nice little fit for them for, for a good backup veteran run there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, in my opinion, I think Thornton's probably going to come back. Another real team friendly contract just to give it another whirl. Uh, Pavelski, I have. I have concerns about Pavelski. He's taken a couple of mean hits to the head this postseason, and uh, I don't know when someone gets that old and they've had that many hits in such a short amount of time. How how well is he, or how durable is he going to be, kind of moving forward? Uh, so, yeah, you kind of hate to lose him just because he can he can put up those twenty to thirty goals, and you know he's a leader on the team, obviously. But he's kind of getting up there in age, and he's now he's got, in my opinion, a really questionable thing that's going on with uh you know his uh concussion so they do have a lot to answer i don't think eric carlson comes back i think nyquist they probably let walk mostly because they'll value more um uh draft picks if they can hold on to them because they don't have too many but uh they're not ones that will shy away from testing free agent markets and seeing who's out there and who they can try and grab but i think you know, carlson's out and their big question is what are they going to do with pavelski and what do they feel yeah, he took a really bad shot from Alex Petrangelo. He took the forearm right, I mean, clearly right to the face. They called it yeah. an elbow. I mean, that was a full forearm elbow. He ate it big time. Yeah. And then he left that game five and didn't come and play in game six. six. That's just brutal for them, honestly. Yeah. Um, Jimmy pointed out that the Sharks have Jones tied up for five more years at 5.75. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a tough go. Yeah, I, I don't think they can get a better uh, another goalie unless they're willing to move him somewhere. Trade him back to Boston. Yeah, do that. Didn't forget he was on Boston. <laughs> that that was that For was like uh, a split that, second, right? Yeah, yeah. Just as the Kings got rid of him, they know. Oh, well, we don't want San Jose to have it. Let's trade to Boston. Boston, <laughs> thanks. All right, flip him. <laughs> put him over, put him over in San Jose now. <laughs> and some Kings fans say they wish they would have held on to Martin Jones and they would have traded quick. And I'm like, you guys are insane. You're insane. I don't like quick either, but I don't know, man. I don't know. That's a tough. Was that recent or was that like back when he got traded originally? Back when he got traded originally. Okay, yeah. I was gonna say. All right, fans, fans are weird. Let's talk about not the Sharks. <laughs> let's go more NHL direction here. We're, I mean, kudos to the Blues. We didn't get to mention them. We're going to break that down here with the Bruins and Blues Cup Final. 
um, which I guess is going to be just the Bobby Orr bonanza with his stupid jumping goal that he scored. Yeah. Oh, my God. Ago. We are going to see that four times him. a game, That's uh, every God. game until it ends. <laughs> so what about EK65? We know that he was injured. He didn't look good. Or not didn't look good. He didn't look good for him in the playoffs. Uh, he was definitely still exceptional or more exceptional than most defensemen on the ice when he was playing. But he's going to need surgery. If you're Ooh. a team that's looking at him, Eric Carlson. Oh, okay. I thought we were talking um, about St. Louis. Sorry. No. Well, I just gave them kudos, and I wanted to go back to Eric Carlson. Uh, okay. Talk about the blues <laughs> a bit. But uh, what do you do uh, if you're a team looking at Eric Carlson? Like, you have to wonder who's going to be over-ambitious in trying to bid for him because you know it's going to happen. There's going to be teams that are going to like they're just going to throw anything and everything they can to get him. And then there's going to be teams that are, I think are going to be good. They're going to look at him and be like, all right, man, how long is your recovery? Uh, what's the chance you're going to get re-injured? You're 29 years old now. He's going to want seven mil, or not seven mil, seven years, like, max contract. What happens there? I, I don't think anyone's all that concerned about necessarily the injury. Uh, you know, obviously they want to know, you know, what's the recovery time because they want to know how quickly they can get him on the ice. Uh, but, you know, e- even at 29, he starts saying, oh, he's kind of getting up there. Defensemen have a, a, a greater longevity in the league than a forward. Especially his type. Especially his type, where, you know, he's not asked to, you know, brutalize the other team, play a physical game. It's, hey, you know, be as responsible as you can on the defensive zone, work it out. You're an offensive type defenseman. You know, transition play, uh, you know, defensive forward, try and do that sort of deal. So, I feel like even if he gets seven or eight years, it's not necessarily wasted. The end of that contract's probably going to look maybe, you know, who knows at that point, but it could, you know, not be uh, so great as uh, his pay goes. But you're paying for four or five years of Eric Carlson. And any team that picks up four or five years of Eric Carlson where he's, I'm out of Ottawa. I'm done with that. I'm testing my free agent. <laughs> I now want to win a cup. This is my singular focus. This is where I want to go. I feel most teams are willing to take on that if they can afford to do so. That's about the only thing. That's the thing, if they can afford to do so. But the team, again, that's been linked with them is Tampa Bay somehow. Yeah. I don't know how they again. can afford yeah. to get that done. They haven't signed Braden Point yet, have they? He's still an RFA. I think, He's still an RFA, yep. There's no way uh, you get both of those done, I think. like you've, no. you, you pick one or the other. I, I can see him going there. You know, Tampa Bay's in that unique situation where they are in, kind of in, in cap hell, and they need to win now type situation. Toronto's another team that maybe if they want to go big, they'll look at trying to get him too. But there's only a couple places I think he'll be able to go. Like there's no team like I don't think a team like New Jersey, as much as they could really use him, would go Ugh. after a player like him at that age with with how young their team is. Like even getting Jack Hughes and having Nico Hischer and Taylor Hall bringing in Eric Carlson, that makes you better. That maybe makes them a playoff team. But I don't think they're good enough to compete yet. So you're looking at like some of the best teams, the teams that are already close to winning a cup, like Toronto and Tampa Bay, among others, and most of them can't even afford them. Like Toronto's in a cap situation themselves, having to re-sign Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. I don't know how anybody can afford it right now. You know, Tampa, uh, San Jose made it close, and you know we thought they were going to be Stanley Cup contenders, but Martin Jones kind of threw that out the window. Eric Carlson might have less suitors than we think going into free agency just because it's going to be difficult for some of the top end teams to make it work he might have to go to a team that is like a borderline playoff team or a team that isn't one of the top teams in the league and try and make that team better to become one of those teams you know where i think he goes oh i have a guess too you go first though vegas yeah maybe i could i think he goes to vegas that that actually makes sense. big money that's that's better west coast 
all the popularities there right now. Everyone's stoked <laughs> on that team. It's reunited with Stone. Stone's oh. a beast. If they still have Treasure Island, he has a side job where he can look like a pirate. Very true. I like that. Yes. Yeah, right. I, I, said Florida. I that <laughs> Florida. Oh, with yeah, Joe Foot. Said, Damn it, that was my guess. He said they'll win the offseason with Panarin, Bobrovsky, and Eric Carlson. Exactly That's what I was going to say. You, you back up that Brinks truck, baby. That's going to be a real, real tough one to pull off down there. I yeah, think, uh, but at one point we I think brought they this have, up, they too. Do yeah. Yeah, well, because uh, we knew that Panarin and Bobrovsky – more than you know, there's a good possibility that they're going to be a package deal. They have the same agent. They're looking in Florida area, anyways. You know how uh, Russians love it down there, uh, and so you know those two going, and then even adding Eric Carlson on that team, all of a sudden Florida becomes just an insane team. You just got one of the best free agent forwards, best free agent goalies, best free agent defensemen. All of a sudden Florida's on the map again. You know uh, versus Tampa Bay, and. I mean, if they go, I mean, it's a ballsy move if they can get all of them out there. And then you add Barkov into that. Uh, you still uh, you got Huberto in there. I mean, there's yeah. they, there's a lot that. of things. If they get that, I mean, that makes the, the Florida rivalry that much better. Are they better than Tampa Bay? Because they've got, you know, Vasilevsky no. and Bobrovsky are both very, very good goaltenders. Uh, you could argue that Florida's blue line is a little bit Damn. better because Keith Yandel's a, a great defenseman. And then Eric Carlson up there with Victor Hedman, a, a, as in some of the elite in the league. Then you add in Aaron Ekblad for uh, for Florida and, I guess, Ryan McDonough for Tampa Bay. And then it comes down to Fords. I think maybe that's where Tampa gets the edge, just having two superstars and Stamkos. And Kucherov and, and Kucherov. But then you've got Barkov, you've got Panarin. You've got Huberto, Trocheck. You, you know, Come on. You can't even begin to name Panarin and Barkov in the same sentence as Kucherov and Stamkos. You just Not can't. currently. Not currently. No, it, it's, it's maybe a, a step below, but you, you, you take maybe a 90-point guy and a 100-point guy in Stamkos and Kucherov, and you go down to an eighty like two 80-point guys in Panarin and Barkov. It, it's not a and how much better below. And how much better are they going to be once Eric Carlson's back there on defense and Ekblad's on there on defense, how much better are those forwards going to be well, with their long point as, totals and goals going up? It gets as long close. as Bobrovsky doesn't turn into Martin Jones, I guess they'll be all right. <laughs> well, yeah, the two-time Vesna Trophy winner versus the guy who uh, can't <laughs> stay consistent. The sub-900 boy. Yeah, the sub-900 yeah. guy. That's, that's <laughs> right. what we're comparing here. Yeah. I would like to see him go to... Uh, Back to Ottawa. I think that's what I'd like to see. Maybe <laughs> he'll be the best story ever. DJ King gets gets hired as the as the coach, oh right? Is it God. DJ King who got hired? In yeah, Ottawa? Ottawa. He, goes, he goes. He goes. He's going to be the coach in Ottawa, and then you know, Eric Carlson. Like, yeah, I think I'm just, you know, I, I just really think I need to go back to Ottawa. <laughs> as much as I don't sport. think it's a, a good move, I, I would like to see New Jersey just try and swing for the fences. I don't know if that's a place that Eric Carlson wants to go, but. You never know, right? They, they didn't expect to get uh, Jack Hughes, and now you've got you know a future one-two punch in Hughes and Hisher for the next ten years. You've got one of the best uh, goal-scoring wingers in the league in Taylor Hall, and, and you know goal ten- goaltending for them is a question mark. Corey Schneider is not good anymore, but sometimes he can be good. He, he's kind of like Martin <laughs> Jones, where he's just not consistent. Yeah. They just need a defenseman. I don't know if going out and getting 29-year-old Eric Carlson is the best route, but if they think they could be good in the next couple of years, they might do it. They have the cap room. Watch Eric Carlson take a five-year deal at 12 mil, and he's going to go somewhere where he can be competitive in the short term. And he's not – I don't think he's going to be if – he, if he's going to go to a cup contender, they're already stacked, right? Like they're already going to be so stacked So they can't up. afford 12 million. 
but they also can't afford to give him like eight years or seven years, right? I'm figuring they don't care if it's longer term, if it's shorter versus every year, because they're well, stacked. What if he takes, what if he takes like a two-year deal at 11 million or something like that? He's not going to take two years. He wants there's there's, not there's what, what if he has a horrific injury or that that yeah. leg doesn't heal a lot? Oh yeah, you know that guaranteed money that the NHL likes to give us. True, yeah. true. <laughs> not at twenty. Why should go to Vegas and ruin our lives? He's going to go to Vegas and just ruin our lives. I just don't just want him over here. Just go go somewhere else over there. I was hoping San Jose was such a horrible experience that he's like that's <laughs> the West Coast. And well, he thanks heads right the hell back <laughs> in a tweet that doesn't seem like he's going to be going back. No, San Jose. No, no, that was a that was a fair. Well, thanks. Thanks for he the hospitality. He's going yeah. east coast. East coast. I think he's done with Canada, a, like most most people who think right to, are. To be fair, uh, I only know one person who intentionally went to New Jersey in their life, and that was a uh, you know Patreon subscriber and listener Jimmy. Uh, he went to New Jersey on purpose to watch the Ducks play him. Um, I don't think anyone else wants to purposely go there. Oh, uh, has anyone signed a free agent contract to want to go to New Jersey? Uh, Recently, big name, big big name, but then he left. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I think that was like the the mistake. He's like, he got here. Oh crap! This is what it is. I thought it'd be like uh, New York. Oh yeah, I don't. uh, No, going to Russia. New Jersey's never really. They don't. They haven't had any big guys, and the guys that they've had kind of stayed there. Been through the draft. It's been through the draft. Yeah, there for a very long time. Or yeah, they got there through trade or something. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's let's move on here. We got to talk about the refereeing in this year's playoffs, boys. That's, oh, before uh, that, uh, 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 puck bottle opener. Oh, Jason displaying. Yeah, he's actually using it. Actually I used it. it the other oh, day for the first time. It actually. Oh my god, <laughs> Eddie, he's had these for a year. Well, I didn't. I got mine well, when I came close down in to March, a year. So yeah, but it it, uh, it it I was surprised how well it worked. Honestly, did it, op- like, did it open your ice cold pop, as you guys call them? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Did you try and use it on cans, and you weren't sure how to use it? Wow, that's a tough one. <laughs> no, people were in, people were impressed on how well they worked. <laughs> <laughs> you were the hit, hit of hey, the ball. <laughs> so, how do we fix the, uh, the the replay issue in the NHL? The refereeing has been awful, and everyone everyone who's not a Sharks fan can clearly see that. That it's been awful. Like, when has the NHL last come out and apologized? Like, that happened in the Sharks series. Um, They got all the breaks until the the end. It's it's (laughs) insane. Like, linesmen and referees, like, not allowed to to referee the rest of the playoffs after those series. (laughs) It's just just insane things happening here with the referees. And you go to the replays, and you're like, my God. You can't review a hand pass, but you can review if a guy's – Skate is a hairline off the blue line. We, like, we not have, yeah, to, just up. We, we shouldn't have to list what's reviewable and what's not reviewable. Like, if we get into saying, okay, well, now you can review if a hand pass leads to a goal. That's so specific because what if it's like if it's something else? Then that well, that's not re- reviewable. We got to add that to the list later on. Like, if it, if it's clearly a play, like the refs should just be at, be able to at their discretion go back and and. Put in a review if it's something that needs to be fixed. Like there shouldn't be specific moments where they can go back and review. If if it's a goal and there's something that leads to that goal that's not allowed, whether if the puck goes out of play or if it's a hand pass or whatever it is, they should just be able to, at the referee's discretion, go back and review it. Or if the refs miss it, that you know in Toronto they'll call down and say, "Hey, this happened. We have to go back and review this." Like it should. There shouldn't be a list of things that 
need to be reviewed that don't need to be reviewed. If it needs, you know, if it needs to be changed, if it was a bad goal because of a certain situation, like in this one, if it was a hand pass, then that should just be reviewable along with everything else that that is, you know, that wouldn't would lead to the goal being disallowed. Yeah, but then you can almost run into the problem. It's like, well, how how far back? I mean, this is all stuff that, in my opinion, needs to be, um, you know, finalized or you know, put you know, put down as far as the new rules. How far back do you go? Oh, well, there was a hand pass that got missed in the other zone. It came all the way down here. They played around for about a minute, and then a goal led to it. But way back here, that play should have been blown dead. Now you start going back in time and figuring out which is what's supposed to happen. Uh, so that's where they have to kind of, I guess, you know, uh, break down exactly what is going to be reviewed and what the whole play, you know, or how it should end up going. I figure if there's any sort of, uh, if a coach has a challenge, they can challenge a specific play that happened within the offensive zone that created that chance, whether it be offsides, goalie interference, the puck went into the netting. It was a hand pass, something like that, that happened in the offensive zone. If it ends up leaving the zone and coming back in, it's a brand new play. And if it's a review, they get 30 seconds. If the, the call is a goal and the coach says, you guys missed this, we saw it clear as day, please go review it. The refs have a limited amount of time to do it. It's 30 seconds to a minute. And after that, if they uphold it, once again, the coach cannot use another challenge later in the game. And I feel that's somewhat reasonable to try and find a medium happy, you know, a, a happy medium in there. So I feel like you can review any play. It shouldn't be specific plays, but it's got to be something related to what led to the goal, not something that happened three minutes ago in the other zone, but there was no stoppage in between. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, th- th- this just can't happen again. That's I think that's where we're all getting at. Like, you can't have something like that. Like, Daniel brought up in her chat, maybe make all scoring plays in OT reviewable. Just take a look anyway. Like, that, that this was so obvious, though, that it should just have never happened. The fact that we all saw it, the replay clearly shows that it was a hand pass and you know they can't go back because of the rules they can't make their own discretion on the play and go back and, and disallow it and, and you know if they see a replay they're not allowed to change it like how ridiculous does that sound that because they're not allowed to by the rules look at a replay they can't change it because they didn't see it on the ice like that that's that's ridiculous like that's just taking human error that's deciding an important game at that point obviously it doesn't come back to to hurt the blues in this series but it could have i mean that's a pivotal game in a western conference final it shouldn't go down to a goal that should never happen yeah but you got to think of it this way if you're gonna do that you're essentially opening up a can of worms here i mean it's gonna go to you remember how how stupid um like the crease violation was how much we hated that shit it's going to come yeah. back to that. It's going to come back to something like that. It's going to be that dumb where everyone's, everything's going to be reviewable. They're going to take their time. And then it's just going to, now we're going to have to like collectively hold our breaths on every damn goal in the NHL going forward. We have to hold uh, our breaths. Oh, is, this, is this a really <laughs> good goal or is it going to be one that gets called back? I just, I, I can't imagine adding another rule to the system is going to make it better. And the NHL always likes to, to overreact to things like this. I say just take replay out of the out of the question altogether, and then everyone plays on the there. same playing field. Let it all go. <laughs> get rid of the stupid replay for the puck in the netting. Get rid of the stupid replay for offside. 
Get rid of the stupid <laughs> replay for goalie interference. Y'all live and die by human error. Everyone has Y'all? to deal with these referees and linesmen. Yeah, I'm from Nashville. Right the problem yeah. becomes <laughs> that if you do that, like what happens if, if something like that happens that leads to a team winning a series or, God forbid, winning the Stanley, Stanley Cup? Stanley Cup. Like, that? like how ridiculous would that be? You but you're setting that. the precedent that now with replay, everything oh, has to oh. be perfect. I mean... I know how much you love <laughs> soccer, but the reason they introduced oh. something like VAR, which is uh, video assisted replay in, in soccer, oh. is because there have been goals where you can't, I mean, you can't tell if it bounces off the crossbar and bounces like off the line and out. You can't tell if the ball's fully crossed the line. You, it's just impossible to see it. So they have video assisted replay now to look at, and, and you know the ref can go back and look. He'll get a signal from somebody in the VAR box if the ball's crossed the line, if it's a handball or whatever, and then he goes and looks at it. And and now that they've had that, they get the right call every time now. Things like that don't happen. There's been instances where the ball has either not fully crossed the line or it has and it didn't catch it, and it's led to teams winning important games uh, and in winning championships. Like You can't have that happen in any sport. You can't just go back to not having replay what we all want is them to get the right call and the right team to win the right way you can't have that if you just take out replay all right, well, interference and offside is just no one likes any of those rules no one does they're all subjective they're subjective was his skate literally a micro hair off the blue line when he was getting to the bench if you're landis sure he should have got his ass over the boards he wasn't even involved in the play. Soccer has yeah. that rule. Not involved in the play, not offside. NHL doesn't have that rule. They're not going to fix oh. it that way. They're literally going to get more cameras and zoom in on literally everything because <laughs> they're getting bad press and they can't get shit right. And they're going to overanalyze literally everything that happens on the ice. That's what like, they're going to do. Honestly, I, I don't think a hand pass should be not allowed unless you're like catching it oh. and throwing it. Like He just swats his hand at it. It's just, you're allowed to kick it to somebody. Why? Yeah, it's like, in the rule book. It's in the rule book, so even you if it hits off somebody else and then still goes to your team, it's still considered a hand pass. I, and, and again, too, I think you you should be allowed to kick the puck in the net. I don't see why I don't have an issue with that whatsoever. The only Probably because they don't they don't they don't want guys kicking sharp blades For up sure. in the air trying to get it, and then someone's you know, scrambling from the net. Someone's down. Oh, I was just trying to kick it in. Oh yeah, I just I kicked him in the eye. I can't That's have anything more safely. There can't be any uh, yeah. subjectivity here. It has to be black and white if you're going to make a rule. And, <laughs> and this is ridiculous. <laughs> the problem is when you have smaller rules like that, <laughs> like things like you can't hand pass the puck, you can't kick it in, you can't do this, you can't. And, and like the, the layers and layers of rules is when you get to making it difficult on what gets. Uh, subjected to replaying what doesn't. The NHL seems to have more rules than any other sport at that point on what you can and can't do with the puck. <laughs> and that's when we get to the point on what gets reviewed and what doesn't get reviewed. And then you have to make a long list of what can be reviewed and what can't be. So that it's either no you reviews. go in and you go in and they scrap some rules so that you don't have to review them or you do have to make that long list and update it every time something bad happens on what can be reviewed and what can't be reviewed, which is an annoying process. I don't mind the 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 rules they have. Also, as far good, as, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, Jay. No, no, it's all right. Modern times. What what kind is that? Blazing World IPA. Oh. Very yummy. What's Very that yummy. alcohol? Um, it's a dark amber beer. The uh, the alcohol is six point eight percent. It's That's a yummy one. Have it's, a good not, it's not a horchata, but it's it's close Ooh. enough. Uh, it's not a churro <laughs> water. <laughs> I like that shirt of water, actually. <laughs> um, no, so I 
what I don't like is that there's two things you can review. So get rid of that. If, like I said, in my opinion, if, if everything can be reviewed to make sure that not necessarily if, you know, a penalty was committed, but if something wasn't allowed, was it high sticked? I mean, they, they review that as well. I mean, it shouldn't, uh, I think they should, if it's, well, that's a whole nother conversation because I think if it takes skill to actually smack something from up high and knock it down and into the net, I don't think you should be punished for that. I think that's, Damn impressive if you're able now to Now you're do swinging that. sticks in the same way you were swinging uh, <clears throat> skates around and trying to knock a puck in. Yeah, but it's all right. It sticks. The stick they're waving is like this. A skate has got a blade with an edge. and Can't high stick anything in hockey. Not, yeah, not yeah, yeah, you have high, guys yeah. swinging it like a baseball bat if you're but, allowed to hit it from anywhere. <laughs> yeah, everyone's just going to stand there because the NHL is so stand around and swing it like a baseball bat. Okay, no. look, you, sh- you need human <laughs> error in this sport because otherwise everything's subjective. Then everyone's going to be like, well, then I want every referee – that's ever gotten a call right. You got thirty before. seconds. You got thirty you seconds or, or sixty seconds, whatever you want to pick it out. If there's a problem, or you know the the coaching staff noticed something that was missed within the offensive zone that ended up, I would almost say directly leading to a goal, or was like, hey, that was offsides. He brought it over the line, or that hit the netting, came back in. They played around with it for a while, and then ended up scoring. I think that should be reviewable, but you get thirty to sixty seconds. I don't want this, you know five minutes of them critiquing how much that skate is over. If they can't figure it out in 30 to 60 seconds, a, a horn blows, that's the time. If they can't see enough things to over, uh, overturn it, the call on the ice stands. What does our chat say? Chat gets the final answer. Uh, yes. Uh, Daniel said, Scientific survey. With coaches challenge. Uh, they just want us to leave. Like, one, honestly, <laughs> one, one thing like I, th- I feel like you can do is and you, you, leave, you have a decision on the ice with the refs, if, and then Right when the goal is scored, you have just we already have a replay room in Toronto that looks at everything. You have people dedicated to looking at every situation in that game to, to, to determine if things are done. You have about thirty seconds between when the team scores before the pucks drop at the faceoff. Have them analyze every every part of that play that led up to the goal, and if it is determined that it something illegal happened against the rules that the puck went in off if it was off a hand pass, right? You like that we. There was no denying that was an illegal play. The problem was they couldn't go and review it. Well, if the replay room was looking for things like that, they determined that that's illegal. They buzz down to the refs. They say, hey, you know, there's a hand pass leading to this goal. Take a look at it. They go look at it, and then that play never happens. Like, there, can, there's something can like, we just say that that's only acceptable if, at it. if they only review the last five seconds before the goal? No, last five. That's seconds. all you get. You get the replay from five seconds on, and that's it. No, because literally, it can hit. It can hit minute. the upper netting, jump back into play. They pass it around stupid. three times. Just don't have a review. Don't have any review. Leave it until it happens to your team, and then you're screaming, "We lost Rare. that series because Rarely. of this." Rarely. I think this even if the hand, hand pass happens, five seconds. Like Rare. I think if you do the five seconds of that hand pass goal, the hand pass isn't even <laughs> is barely in the last five seconds. Look, the thing that everyone's pissed yeah, about it was rarely happens. It, it does. Rarely it really happens, but it shouldn't happen at all. That's the thing. It's like the whole. It's argument a why not just have. say, "Hey, let's just take a quick look at it. Thirty seconds. That's your timing. If you can figure it out, if not, go on the ice stands." I like agree. The whole, the whole problem guys. with with umpires that people <laughs> have in, in baseball. Yeah, with, you uh, hate the whole umpire thing, anyway. With umpire, umpires, they too? shouldn't have that at all. Like you. Sh- that's the dumbest sport to have uh, to have human error. And it's, it's like well, yeah, an umpire you, you deciding for a miss, ball coming in hundred miles per hour is missing. You misspoke. That is the dumbest sport. That was should have been. Yeah, dumb. yeah. You should have ended it right there. Ah, I'm surprised you put soccer in front of baseball. No, I, soccer's not really a sport. So yeah, we'll okay. on from that. Baseball's yeah, where it's, it starts. That and, right, let's yeah. move on. It's, it's soccer, golf, cheerleading. <laughs> They're kind of in the same realm. 
Jesus. And all of our fans turn off the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bye, guys. Because we're trying to be funny. All right. Well, uh, and we're not three. funny. <laughs> all right. So there's how we fix the initial replay problem. <laughs> Clearly, that's how the board of the governor meeting is going to go. They're going to sound just like us. Oh, yeah. And not, not like you. Like you, right? Anything. So if you guys haven't already, uh, already heard, actually, that we're doing a one last watch party for the year. It's the cup final party next Saturday, June 1st, Lampost Pizza in West Yorba Linda. Come hang out with Jason and I. Eddie will be there in spirit. We just want to get together, have some pizza, drink some beers or whatever, whatever beverage you want, and uh, watch the Blues beat up on the Bruins, hopefully. That's what we're all rooting for here. <laughs> Absolutely. So and do that. But that's next Saturday. Get puck drops at 5. Jane will be there around 4. Bring your family. Uh, it's very conducive to family environment, obviously. It's a pizza place. For sure. So yeah. Just come have fun. Uh, no need for a sitter. Unless you want one, you need that <laughs> special date night, which we get. Uh, but, I mean, they're technically going on a date with us. <laughs> That's true. You're on a double date with Dan and I. You can't bring yourself, right? <laughs> All right. So, if you guys don't already have The Athletic, you should definitely get it. Because if you're a Ducks fan, like most of you are, um, Eric Stevens, Iceman Cometh on Twitter, is the beat writer for the Ducks. And he's amazing. And he does amazing, amazing things. On the we're athletic. not getting we're not getting paid to say this, by the way. No, by the way, it's not an ad. It's just, <laughs> oh, I don't nice. just go to ESPN. yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I don't go to TSN. I don't go to Sportsnet. I literally open my phone and open you up the Canada. That's why you don't go to TSN. Mostly, yes. I, I like Canada. I uh, I like I like the way their money smells recently. Yeah, the fact that this smells like maple syrup. <laughs> Very Canadian. I appreciate it. I'm surprised um, you guys don't have a maple beer. Uh, ooh, no, they probably, probably do. do. I probably do. I think we do. Probably have like four different kinds, honestly. Yeah, 40 different kinds. (laughs) Uh, I love places that milk trees, so that's why I like Canada. (laughs) But anyway, what I'm getting to here is there's an article up, and I'm going to butcher his last name, but Dom, as he goes by everywhere else. Do you know how to say his last name? Is it Lucision? Uh, I think so. I don't know. I've always struggled with it. I just call him Dom because I don't want to try. (laughs) Great with analytics. Great uh, great with everything hockey. I love following along here. But he he put up an article this week of the 15 ways to improve the NHL. 15 changes he's proposing. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on all these, but I just want to get you guys' quick takes on these because I thought some of them were interesting. Eddie, have Um, you heard these? I have not heard. I have not either. So this will be new for us and uh, anyone who hasn't read it. They were paid to say that. (laughs) Yes. And so the first one he says is the is playoff seating. He wants to go back to one versus eight playoff. No division winners automatically get the top two seeds either. I'm fine with that. No, I I hate that that a division winner gets the top (laughs) seed because if you have a crap division. A guy just gets to jump into uh, they get to jump into a two spot and and they're not the second best team in that uh, conference. It, it's always it's been ridiculous that that that's ever been in there. Like I get they want parity and they want to try and get one team from each division to make it all the way to, to the Western Conference Final. But it's so ridiculous that a team who could have sometimes like fifteen, ten or fifteen points fewer than the next team uh, below them, they get the second seed just because they won their division. The or one something thing, like, go ahead, Jay. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Well, one of the things I think the NHL is trying to do, and you can look at it any time they they promote their, uh, you know, uh, NBCS, and you know, it's it's rivalry. It's rivalry week. It's rivalry mm. uh, night. It's Wednesday so they, night rivalry night. Yeah. So oh, we don't fight what anymore. they, they want to do is they want to have you know the number one team obviously gets a little bit of a perk. They're going to play you know the top team in each division gets to play the weakest two teams that made it you know 
quote unquote weakest teams that made it into the playoffs. Uh, and then what they're trying to do is the other two teams are within the division, and that creates that little bit of rivalry. I mean, you're going to see those teams more in the regular season than any other teams usually within your division. And then you start playing each other more and more in the playoffs. That's where the animosity grows up. They ended our season. That team, I hate those guys. I hate their fans. It gets people amped up, and they want to actually start watching more games. So I understand why they went to this way. Not necessarily that I think it's the best way, but I understand why they did it, and I don't hate that they do it this way. But the purists will say top team in that division will play the worst team because they earned to get to that point. The other thing, I don't really think it matters if you go one and eight or and two and seven. I mean, the top one or two usually are the top in the division, with some exceptions. What about what about like Montreal this year? Montreal finished fourteenth in the league and missed the playoffs. They were not. They were in the top sixteen, but missed the playoffs due to the format. What, yeah. Once again, the format is very minor. And how? No offense, but how far do you think Montreal was going to go? I, but but it, <laughs> I, I think it, like it doesn't matter. And less though, Canadian right? teams, the better. Like this, the, the problem is, is like sixteen teams make the playoffs. Arguably, Montreal was one of the sixteen best. You know, they were. They points wise, they were one of the sixteen best teams in the playoffs or in, like in the league, and they didn't. Yeah, but they still were. They were 14th in the league. They didn't make the playoffs because of... They're in a, well, sh- it, they're in a crap division. Yeah, well, they're, they're in a good division because it was the Leafs and uh, Boston and Tampa Bay yeah, that Tampa. easily... Well, they have three good teams. That's the yeah. juggernaut. And then yeah. they had to, to fight up for a wild card spot where the, the Metro was just... Ottawa. Very good teams all the way across the board. <laughs> I, I Honestly, I think it should be 1 through 16 they make it. I know they will never do that because you could have a disparity between the amount of Eastern Conference and Western Conference teams that make it, and that would be a, a problem for travel. Travel. Uh, Travel, at least yeah. then, if you're not going to do that, I think it should be one from eight, one to eight from each conference. You've got the best team playing the worst team. I think that's how it should be. I get why they do it. They do it for rivalry. They do that because they want money. I understand it, but I think the best team should play the worst team, and the second best team should play the second worst team, and you know, three for yeah. six, and four versus five. Like that's how it should go. That's how the seeding should go. You know, if they took this right now, and the only way, if they, the only thing they changed was not giving the division winner, the second seed, that would be still a little bit better for me. Like, that's one of the main things I want to take out is that at least if you seed it one through or through eight and you still have your your division rivals with the wild card, you just take out the division leader getting a number two spot, I'd be fine with that. But I, I think, you know, I, I, I would rather them go back one to eight. I just, I don't really care about the rivalries. You can make new rivalries by having a one to eight. You get teams who never play each other, play each other in the playoffs. That would be pretty cool to see. Like, you'll build rivalries that way. They want to just pump up the old ones, the ones we always see, the Leafs versus the Bruins, you know, Ducks and Kings, which they are good rivalries, but they just want to pump up the old ones because they know that's what people are going for. You know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing some teams that don't normally play each other play each other and see if you can build a rivalry that way if they end up playing each other <laughs> years in a row. Yeah, I mean, you, you always kind of want that that thing that's, you know, yeah, oh, we've seen this again, oh, we've seen that again. That's why no one really likes, you know, the Pittsburgh Penguins, oh, they're going to the finals again, or, oh, you know, Boston's in it, or Chicago, or the Kings, everyone kind of got bored of all that crap. Uh, but at the same time, most of those divisions, you're generally in a, a an area of whatever country where you're close to other fans. So I mean, you guys realize what... what- what Don was saying in that article is is that with the Canadians going and being the 14th best team in the league points wise, he's talking about one versus 16, top 16 teams. I, that, that way, with travel. 
that yeah, works, that's that works if it's a, if it's a if it's a tournament style and it's it's one game decides it. But if you start see, doing a seven game on. series, you got two at home, then they got to go two over there, two over here, and then you start talking about Boston going to LA in the first round, back and forth. Which team eventually is going to start getting more tired? And then people are going to start bitching about how yeah. exhausted they are because travel is so horrific. People and then their second round, sure. they do Vancouver. They're gonna bitch about everything. Oh, we're do- we're doing it right now. <laughs> At least do Going one back. V eight in each conference. Like that's yep, that's what you that's, that's fine. Funny. I'm I'm more on board with that. Uh, but they always change how they do the playoffs, anyways. I mean, the, whatever's happening now is not necessarily set in stone. They'll probably turn it around. But the one thing that's consistent is that the NHL does not consistently stick with whether playoff format they have. They have right, it now. Move on f- here. We have 15 it's... to get through here. <laughs> okay, all right. So the next one, the point system. System. Get rid of the three point game. It's a win's a win, a loss is a loss. You either get two points, you get no points. Uh, and then what do you do that. about shootout? Get rid of yeah, the shootout. Get a tie. I, Take a tie. I, I hate ties. Don't so his, his his opinion on ties? Uh, make three on three. No one gets minutes, points. Two five-minute periods is what he's saying. He said this year there was 271 games went to overtime, which equates to roughly 43 ties or about one and a half per team. I don't like ties, but I would live with that. I, I would be five for teams, not a big deal. I don't, I don't like the five, five minute back. Do a 10 minute because what they do is when the overtime happens, you're on opposite side. So your, your goalie's over here, your bench is over here, and vice versa. So I don't mind it being just 10 minutes of that because it's That's far fine. more likely guys are going to get tired and you're so far away from your bench that eventually it leads to a goal. So I'm fine with that. Three on three, I love it today. That's what he's I saying. It's, three on three it's the most minutes. exciting. But, uh, yeah, if you do just 10 minutes of extra three-on-three, and then I guess after that, if no one's dead or tired, uh, then I'm, most of the time you're going to have a winner anyways. And then live, I'll leave it accept a tie. The tie 10 minutes in the night. arena and overtime. Now, what happens Daniel. if they tie? Each team gets one point? Yeah. Okay. Daniel and what about this? a good point in our chat. Oh, he said the NHLPA will never approve of longer overtime. I, I feel like they won't either. For injury reasons, they don't want their players injured. They, want their they don't want tired people. Get better athletes, products. So that goes into the next question, which is also <laughs> never going to happen, but it's been brought up before, and Yarmir Yager was a proponent of this when he was in the NHL. Full-time four-on-four in the NHL would effectively n- never happen because there's going to be less players on teams. Right? So yeah, NHLPA would never agree NHL, to that. NHLPA yep. is never going to agree to that. Nope. But that would create probably another goal or two average per game uh, per 60 if you have four-on-four. I it just I wouldn't I don't I would know. Do we've higher. been watching because we've been watching five v five forever. I I think watching four and four. At all There's an asterisk would, after that. It it's not the NHL, be, you know. And and then yeah, you have to. It's two errors of the NHL. You take it out because now scoring is going to go through the roof at four and four. It's you're going to have so much more space to work with. Uh, it, it would just be you know guys could be hitting 150 200 points in a season if it got to that point. I think Gretzky's like and Gretzky's uh, uh, records are starting to look a little shaky. That's only fair. He had the video game. Uh, yeah, okay. Five yeah, five. Like, He's still the perfect. greatest because it was five on five. The thing is, <laughs> like, you you never you see rules change all the time, but the one thing you never see get touched in any sport is the amount of guys on the field at at, at a time. It, it's always stayed the same. Soccer's always had eleven. Basketball's always had five v five. You know, I agree. I don't like that change. Like, yeah, it it, yeah. It's the same same thing as like changing the net size. Uh, it's Ugh. like yeah, they they don't change. They don't make the basketball hoop bigger. I'll make the yeah. uh, the soccer uh, net bigger. And well, uh, some you know, things you just... can change, but that's that's not 
you don't change that. No, you can do it in, in overtime. You can do three on three. You can do four on four, five on five, whatever. Because that's just a whole different. Get a damn match. winner. They're so even. Yeah. All right. Next one is no offside on zone entries. There's so a reason shape. they put. There's yeah, a reason there's they. A lot of thought there between you two for a second. No offsides well, like, no offsides at all. Then like. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think of. Like, well, all right, how would that play? There's a reason they have it, and that's so that you don't have a, a freaking cherry picker that waits by the goalie. And so teams down by a goal or something. You know, one guy waiting down there. Now it's so easy to just fling it out there. I mean, it just it spreads the whole game out. It makes it way less intense, way there less uh, speed. Look at his reasoning. He says if it's a no to a four-on-four hockey game, which having both would be overkill for sure, meaning no offside and a four-on-four. So then the next best solution toward freeing up space is allowing players to enter the zone freely without the puck. Again, I've written about this before with the hockey news, and I think the positives far away the drawbacks. Offside was created in 1930 to counter the forward pass, but all it does now is clog up the neutral zone, something no one but the coaches like watching, and limit offense. It hinders creativity, and taking it out would give the players much more space with the puck. It's an archaic rule that serves no purpose in the modern I, age. Listen, I kind of understand that because nobody, nobody's going to create a five-on-four in their own zone to go cherry-pick. That's not going to happen. You're not going to just sh- shirk all defensive responsibilities to fly out to the to the blue line. You, you'll you you'll gun it when your your guy gets the puck and try and enter the zone as quick as you can, and you'll see a lot of you know dump-ins and, and a lot of just you know Eric Carlson-type uh, Hail Mary passes into the zone to try and catch guys. But you're not going to have guys actively just sitting at the opposing team's blue line and if you do not even, you, know, you, you don't even have to be at the blue line you can be in their zone and that's that's essentially a penalty kill even if you but no one's go, going to do that if you've got a good penalty kill they will absolutely no. do it get the puck throw it up to the one guy who's all alone now he gets a break there's no away. way there's no way that's roller hockey the That's amount of times hockey. you'll see it, it, it won't happen. There's no coach who'll say, hey, go sit in their zone and a fi- we're a five-on-four. You might see it if a team needs a goal late and they might do it. The, this, the other thing is you, it's not hard to see. It's not like they're going to miss it. It's, you'll just put a defenseman on that guy, and then both of them aren't going to sit down there for the entire game. They're no. going to go get active in the play. Like It's it's not going to happen no. as much as people think it is. They're not. The coaches aren't that stupid. And players aren't that you know, ridiculous. You're, you're, you'll see that. you'll see a difference in play. You you won't see it necessarily. You'll see halves. You'll see where they start playing more at the red line versus the blue line. So th- it will maybe be spread out a little bit. But if a team is desperate, then they have one guy here. Let's do the penalty kill. Do the penalty kill. Get the puck. Send it down to this guy. Now, if the other team puts a guy down, it's four on four. And I now think what it's he's not talking about though, Jay, is is on the rush. Your team has the puck. You have a forward ahead of the play on the rush but out. Not, well, then he's what, able to what did he say, the though? He said there's then no restriction. To, you there's have no to restriction. what's a rush and what's not a rush. That will make off. Oh, there's more rules. I love the yeah. rules. Let's go to the next yeah. one. All it by the rule book. None of this, oh, let them play at the end of the third. Let them play in the playoffs. You know, you're making room for guys like Brad Marchand, that type of stuff. Do you guys feel like the rules should always be 100%, 100%. called and just be a slowdown of play? I don't yeah. think so. I like I like the subjectivity. No. That's why I also call for no video review. The problem is, is, is it changes between ref and ref. It should always be your hundred. If there's a rule book, you should 100% buy the rule book. You shouldn't say, oh, at this time, we're gonna we're gonna shirk off the rules a bit and let guys play. It happens in, in almost every sport, and it's kind of stupid that they do that. Like, what if it's late, if it's an overtime or late in a period, why are we letting guys play? If 
if there's a penalty or if there's a play that should be called in the first two minutes of a game, should be called in the last two minutes of a game because it's a penalty no matter what. If a guy slashes a guy the exact same way in the first two minutes or the last two minutes of a close game, shouldn't matter. It's a penalty. doesn't matter if it's going to give the other team a power play late. It's a penalty. It's, by the rule book, it's a penalty. It shouldn't matter. Let me, let me mix this in. So if they're going to do that, we'll go with his number seven. I'm trying to get to these pretty quick, so I don't want to run too long on them. We're about well, halfway. Fail. He but said, uh, penalty adjustments. Give the, ref, <laughs> give the referee the, the option to make it between one and five minutes. It's a ticky-tack slash, but it's a slash. Doesn't deserve a two. Let's give him a one minute in the box. No. Let's give him a three. It was kind of in between. So that just adds up to with, that's with the way too much. That's way too much difference between some refs will call things, you know, think that that slash is harder than the slash that, that another ref called. <laughs> I, the, the, yeah, and, and that's a problem. Like, again, I, I bring up other sports, but in soccer, it, it's with a yellow card. Stop some bringing refs, up soccer. Bring up an actual refs, sport. Because it, it applies so much better. There's like if a yellow <laughs> yeah, card, right. if a tackle for one ref is bring up lacrosse. Harder, you know, one ref will give reds and yells for pretty much everything. Another ref will let guys play, and they won't. Uh, they won't give a yellow for a call that you know five other refs might give a yellow for. Like then you get into that situation where this ref gives you know. You realize we can slash harder when this ref. He's only going to give one minute penalties. Well, this ref is going to give us like three or four, so we got to tone it down. Like it's going to get ridiculous where you know every ref is going to have a different call and it's not going to be even. If you call by the rules, if a slash is a slash, I know it's already subjective to begin with because calls get missed, but at least you know if you get a slash, generally it's going to be two minutes every time unless you guys bleeding inside stick. But you can't change that. You can't have between one and five and leave it all up to the refs. People are going to hate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, because because then it's going to be like that ref hates us, and that ref is going to screw us over. He's going to give us a five instead of a one. Now we're four extra minutes, and a five's a major. So what does that mean? That a five minute is they can score as many times as they want, and we're screwed. Or is it just one and hey, that five minutes done? But well, then, well, let's you get gotta, to you, that. You're then. changing a bunch of other things. So okay. we got the power play adjustments. How about two changes here? Penalty killing team can't ice the puck, and a goal doesn't oh, negate Jesus. the power play. Okay, hold on. USA Hockey has that rule implemented for my kid. When she when her team's on the penalty kill, they can't ice the puck. If, it, if they ice what the happens? Puck, they get another penalty. No, faceoff comes back to the zone, just like icing. I you ice the puck on the penalty oh, kill, but then creating, a, creating an end zone faceoff. Yeah, you just leave icing. Do I like that. But, but now you're asking the penalty that. killers to try and get all the way to center ice against the yeah. final four. Yeah. All right, Reason you're set. Well, all right. If you want to see power plays click at seventy percent, then I like that. I like All right, it. if you want more goals, that's fine. Because, yeah, you'll have... Because then the best yeah. penalty kills, the ones who actually can kill a penalty and exit the zone with the puck cleanly, they'll be rewarded. And the guy, the, the teams who rely on just, you know, either luck or whatever to just dump the puck out, that won't... <sighs> you'll get more goals. Like It's not going to impact it that much. You're not going to have a team clicking at 70% of the power play. You might get teams... You know, might see a 5% 50. increase at some points. But you're, no, I you're think you get a 50. Because you can get power plays that are good right now with how lethal they are, and they're at 30%. You're saying now the other team... Cannot ice it without already still being more those tired. Teams, you know, to, so, no, no, that start going up to those, those teams who are don't good enough to be at that percentage anyway. Most teams, when they're penalty killing, are getting a chance to even exit the zone. They're either scoring within the the first possession that they have or the second possession that they have. Like it's 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 not going to change as much as you think it is. I think. It'd be like <laughs> well, what happens if they do that? that and then they change the offsides? Yeah, that I, means they, that, that. Yeah. Now, now it gets tough. even more confusing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the second part of that is the two-minute major. They got rid of that because the Montreal Canadiens kept scoring a shit ton on their power plays back in the day. So they made it so if someone scores, the penalty's over. So by saying two-minute major means 
Penalty ends when it ends. You commit a two-minute infraction, you're in the box for two minutes. No. doesn't matter how many times the other team scores. I also like that. Idea. No, I no. Like that. I don't like it. Well, I get, the only reason, initially, my first thought is that if, if that happens, someone's going to take a liberty on someone because they go like, all right, well, I can maybe injure that dude. All I got to do is my team's just got to bail out for two minutes and I'm back in the game and that guy's gone. Now, if it's egregious, no, I no, understand no, 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 no. they'll do a 10-minute game misconduct. You missed the context of that. Okay. I'm not saying that it's considered a major at two minutes. I'm saying that there, it's called like a major, meaning there still is the range between 2, 4, and 5, 10. They can but just score the power it, it play lasts end. for the full two minutes no matter what, for every penalty. Interference, high stick, slash, inter- uh, any of those, cross check, okay. doesn't matter. Tripping is all, for the full two minutes, you sit in the box, and your team has to kill the full two-minute penalty. I'm okay with that. Yeah, me too. I'm uh, I, I don't like that. I don't like that. Too no, much. Why not? Well, what's your objection? I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like, you know, five minute majors already are, are pretty tough. The fact that they don't end, and I kind of agree with it. Like a major, the severity of it, like you're getting a five and it doesn't end because of how se- severe it is. I, I just feel like, I, and like it's not the worst rule, rule in the world to have it happen. I just. I, I think it makes sense. Like it's a power play. If you get scored on, then like like so, yeah, I I can understand it. Like someone like you, you're going to try and go for the puck, and then a dude steps on your stick. Now you just screwed your team over for a full two minutes on something that really, I mean, just it, more accidental than anything. Yeah, and it It'll seems more severe. Of the game, like like guys who do I still think like like a lot like like, penalties, like Nick Ritchie, yeah. they're not going to be guys. They're going to tolerate. You're, you're not. Yeah, you're not going to tolerate it as much as you do now because. Now you, you're actually screwed for an entire two minutes. It's not just one goal it could cost you; it could cost you multiple goals if that if it comes down to it. Like I, I don't think it's the worst rule. I just I'm just not maybe a fan of of, of changing the minor away. Let's get to what? his his view on video replay. Well, we already talked about that a lot. At late. So I'll just go. I'll go to the point because he kind of mixed in. He kind of mixed in a little bit of what we all talked about, which is putting a 60 second time limit on it. You have one minute to figure it out. That way, if it's egregious, you see it. It's done. If you're splitting yeah. hairs, leave it alone. And the NHL's already kind of said that. The NHL said, you know, only call a goal back or only make the, that judgment call um, if it's if it's right there and in your face. You don't need to dissect the play. 60 yeah. seconds, I like it. And then the other part of it, he says, he give, give the coaches each two challenges. Lose a timeout in the first one, two-minute penalty in the second, uh, with some leeway for automatic review. I like that, too. And then here's the one that kind of wraps it all up in a bow for me that I really like is put a fifth official in the sky, essentially, right? One up top. I could see the play from up top and called it like a no, goalie. No, no, no. That a was former goalie. Definitely an issue. Definitely an issue. No, get rid of the interference. Play. Oh my god, a goalie needs to be up there, eye in the sky, telling the other guys, "Hey, <laughs> isn't that what Toronto no. is supposed to be right now with the review center? They're supposed to be the the eye in the sky. The, you know, that is what basically you just think... have to say that they're allowed to look at it at any point, and something like the the hand passes San Jose would have never happened." No, because I, I think it, it also makes sense. I mean, they I forgive me if I'm wrong here, but I think that Toronto, what they do is like, did the puck cross the line? Let's go down and say, hey, there. If there's something egregious, hey, they were totally offsides. Then they call down. The ticky-tacky things, they kind of stay out of there unless the coach challenges, and then they get on the phone with Toronto to, to talk about the play, move through it. I feel if they have someone in-house, another former ref, that has an eye in the sky versus you know the two refs that are down there, and the NHL has changed so uh, so much, and it's so much quicker. And literally, an obvious hand pass got missed by two seasoned referees, 
if you can have someone back up that can see that, can actually see uh, a video monitor of what's going on or do their own replay, they can call down and have a ref-to-ref conversation. And that's maybe a little bit more influential than, you know, guy in Toronto going like, I don't know. Well, what, I, what I'm what I'm kind of saying then is instead of just having those guys in arena, just have somebody who's tasked with watching that game in in the video replay room in Toronto and is able to look at the replays and if something like that comes same up, thing. Able, hey, we're, the same we're, thing. We're splitting hairs. You don't have to have thing. them in arena. You can just have they them. have to be in the arena. Yeah, you just have them all in the same. <laughs> like one person is just tasked with watching that game to catch what the referees miss on the ice. I'm fine with that because then something like you know, a situation like that doesn't happen. But the only thing I would say is if they're in the arena, they're literally watching the game, and then when a goal happens, and like then they can look at video. Whereas like everyone else has a broadcast view, so they can only see what the broadcast is kind of doing and maybe other cameras. If someone's in there and a former ref, they get a different vantage point. They go like, dude, that guy, yeah, obviously over here, the refs were looking over here. I can see that. And it's just, it's their yeah. mind of seeing what's going on from a different perspective where they can call directly down. It's not Toronto looking at a broadcast. Rewind it real quick. I need to see this. And we only have 60 seconds to do it. Fair enough. Yeah. My opinion. So and then I'm going to end on his on one of these because the other ones get into some deep stuff like luxury tax and like hiring capabilities of teams. I don't want to get into that. But the last one, I th- I'll end on his uh, number 11, which is lowering the UFA age. Right now it's at what, 27? I think so. Is the UFA like age? I thought they dropped it to 25. I don't think. No, it's not 25. No, no I'm pretty sure it's 27. So, so you are owned by a team. If you get drafted at 18. Which I all the way until yeah. you're 27 years old, they own your rights. Uh, By lowering that, you, you also make 24. Uh, yeah, I would say 23. Give them you own the first five years, fine. You draft them, you get five years to develop them. Then you're getting younger players who are really good who get to pick where they go. If your team sucks, you don't have this situation like Connor McDavid. I mean, how much does he regret that, that contract? You know, he has to. Like, there's no way he's just like. Well, what's, Hell what's yeah, the man! Problem you get he might be—he might be sad until he looks at his bank account. What's what's the problem you get into <laughs> at that point? If you're if you're a player, you finish your entry level, and then you're going to get guys who maybe don't want to be there or going to sign two-year deals if they can, and then just dip out when those tiers are up because they're UFA. Right now, you know, guys, since it's 27, they still have like six or seven years until UFA, well, so they sign those long-term deals. 27 or seven seasons is the rule. So yeah, twenty five so, exactly. So you could do it at twenty five if you yeah. started at eighteen straight seasons. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but that's why you get guys right now. But like, if you're they sign the long term deals because they have to because they're going to be there no matter what unless they get traded because they'd be RFA. And if they're an exceptional, uh, you know, an exception, uh, exceptional talent, then they're starting at eighteen, and by twenty five, if they realize the you know the the team that they're on isn't going anywhere, they you know I listen. I've been here for seven years. And from what I've seen, we're not going in the right direction. Edmonton, <clears throat> I'm going to go somewhere else. And I can do that at 25. So I don't, you know, as long as it's been seven years. It, it, screws over, it screws over a team who are trying to rebuild over a process, and maybe they screw things up the first time. I know that's on them, but they, it, I think 25 is as low as I go. I think 23. I could get, agree with 25. I 23, think 27 I think is too way long. too long. You'll get players... Do it pulling in Eric Lindros in a, in a sense where they're trying to dictate where they can go, and that after they they may not sign that initial contract. Yeah, they'll sign. Well, they sign an ELC, and then they you know the only way they're gonna refuse to play. They're they're gonna play. It's sign a two year deal. 
and then dip wow. out when they're 20, 23 and get out of there, right? Like, maybe that won't happen all the time, but you invite situations like that to happen. At least if you leave it at 25 out of an ELC, if they start to sign it at 18, they have to at least sign a four- or five-year deal before they hit UFA. That gives the team who drafted them time to at least say, hey, like, we're going to try and do something in these four or five years. Here's our model, and we needed you for this to make it happen. Yeah. 27, right, I think, so is a little bit unfair right now anyway. That's, like... Yeah, that's 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 up there but if they're a really good player they're playing far they're playing yeah. far earlier which means they're more eligible or you know earlier than 27 yeah let's get to our blues bruins stanley cup final to cap blues, the show clears. off here a bit blues, blues. i'm pretty sure we're all in the same boat that we are rooting for the blues we're not rooting for boston right are you really heart. rooting for Boston? Are you really rooting for Boston Jason? Are you really Oh god, no, 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 okay. no. Uh, okay. no, my heart is blues. My mind yeah. is is logical. Why? Why why do you feel like the, why do you think the Bruins are going to win? Now, my biggest thing when we were talking about the first round was like they're hot. And when you get into the playoffs, if you are hot, you can go really really far. Even if you're not necessarily the greatest team, at this day and age, you just have to have the momentum to do it. And they've Bruins done an amazing, and they've done an amazing job. I I picked them to go to conference finals. I didn't pick them to play San Jose, and I think I picked them to lose. I don't know who I thought they lost to, That's but anyways, so it's just something. Uh, I didn't even have San Jose in the fi- uh, the conference final, so that tells you how much I know. But um, so for me, Bennington has not been over the top amazing. St. Louis. Um, even though they had an amazing, you know, last game, and they, the team's good. The team is great. I have a feeling Boston has had a, I won't say easier route, but I feel that they're more seasoned, more ready to go. And I feel that Rask is a better goalie than Bennington is. Oh yes. When, yeah. So there's that one. Two. I think Boston has more weapons to push against Bennington, and St. Louis doesn't necessarily have enough that's going to push against Boston where they're going to outscore them. I don't think it's going to be a bloodbath. I don't think it's going to be a sweep. Boston's going to have its struggles. They're not going to win every game, but I can see Boston having more of that experience further in. I think St. Louis falls just a little bit short, which I don't like. I want St. Louis to win. So Boston in six is what you're saying. Pretty much, yeah. Listen, I would say Boston has – I wouldn't even dance around it. They've definitely had the easier route to get to the Stanley Cup Finals. They missed out on having to play Tampa Bay – and potentially have to play the Pittsburgh Penguins. Washington. They, they no, Washington. Why they're not that good. <laughs> yeah, or Washington. I mean, like, it was Carolina and Columbus who they faced. And, and the Leafs, who are a very good team. And you can see that it went to seven games. And the Leafs lost at home. It's hard to play Boston at home. I know they have home ice advantage in, in, in the finals. But this is, I think, the hardest team they've had to face by a mile. I think the Blues are a lot better than the Leafs in, in all facets of their game. And, you know, the, here, here are the Blues having to go past Winnipeg who is a juggernaut, and having to go past San Jose was a very good team. They just weren't getting good goaltending, but San Jose is a very good team. And even Dallas, who is getting the best goaltending in the playoffs and getting some production from their top players. like The Blues have had a harder route to go, and and I think they are the better team. I think the, the Bruins have an edge in, in goaltending and consistency and having Tuka Rask and how good he's been and, and also having that secondary option in, in your Halak if things go wrong. And like you said, Bennington hasn't been bad, but he hasn't been great. Uh, but from there on, I think, you know, obviously the Bruins have that top line with Bergeron, Pasternak, and Marshawn, which it's it's almost impossible to shut those guys down. But depth is not, you know, it's not like there's no non-existent depth. They do have depth players that, that do very well in Boston. But I think when you look at the Blues, 
what we said from the start of the season is one of the deepest teams in the league with some of the players that they have and, and guys like Robert Thomas and, and Jordan Kiro if he's able to play and, and Jaden Schwartz has been a beast Jaden Schwartz goals. has been a beast but like at the bottom part of the lineup too they've got a lot of very good players and Vladimir Tarasenko is just starting to wake up in these playoffs and if he can wake up and, and get things going that takes this team to a whole nother level we said that at the beginning of the, the San Jose series and yeah. On, 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 yeah, if but he it looks like he is and he has. So he has to obviously continue that. It's but Martin it's a, Jones. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> Oh, they're gonna throw that in there. Look at the teams. I mean, come on. Okay, cool. Peter Morazic and Curtis McElhaney suck dude. Come right, on. Right, yeah, I, I mean look at look at who the Blues had to play <laughs> goaltending wise in the first two rounds. They had to go against Hellebuck and they had to go against Ben Bishop, who was the best goaltender in the league this year and in the playoffs as well. You know, nobody's going to score. It's a relatively low scoring series. Anyway, the only guy who's been able to consistently go for the Blues has been Jane Schwartz. And then on the blue line, it's better than the Bruins. You know, the Bruins have some good players, but Petrangelo is the best out of any of the two blue lines. And then you could argue that Pareko is, is second best on there. You know, maybe Charlie McAvoy. Definitely not Zdeno Chara at his age. He's still playing well. But. He's a good player. Yeah. But I, I, I think. I, I have St. Louis winning this. I think it's in six or seven. Uh, and it all comes down to how effective not only that top line is for the Bruins, but their power play, because it's been unbelievable in, in these playoffs. You have to kind of t- tone that down Against a bit. Against the Hurricanes and Columbus, sure. And, yeah, oh, and, but Columbus. but still, it, it, it's, it was good in the regular season, too, because that top unit is Bergeron, Pasternak, and Marshawn. It's, it's the best line in the NHL. And, and then Jordan Bennington is going to be huge. Yeah, he, he has to play well. In he, he, that's the key average. to me in this series. If Jordan Bennington Goaltending? You like goaltending in this series? I don't. No, what oh. I'm saying is, is Tuka Rask is walking in here with like a 940 save percentage in these playoffs, something around that. Uh, Bennington's at a 914 in these playoffs, hasn't ex- exactly been spectacular, but it's taken down tougher opponents. Um, I don't have any fear at all if I'm St. Louis walking into this series. Boston's had the – they are tied for the longest layoff in between a conference final and a Stanley Cup final back to the Anaheim Ducks – Mighty Ducks at that point in the 2003 Stanley Cup, which they lost in seven games lacklusterly against the, uh, the uh, Marty Bredore, New Jersey. Lacklusterly. You call it game six shutout, Jeff Reason. Jesus <laughs> oh, you Christ. mean game seven <laughs> was lackluster. I thought you meant the yeah. series going seven yeah. games. Yeah. The series was great. They just they just keeled over and died in yeah, seven. Game six was so just like, like the greatest uh, moment in Ducks history for most uh, yeah. fans. It's, it's so <laughs> looking at this series... It's easy to go, oh, the Bruins are rolling. They're, they're doing great. Tooks is playing awesome. And they swept probably the worst team in the playoffs. And Who the beat most the best team series. in the playoffs. The most boring series possible up, was Boston and, and Hurricanes. was the most boring series I've seen this playoffs. Unwatchable. The Hurricanes yeah. died after yeah. game First period in game one. Those are your t- boys. You picked them to win, right? I'm I the did. One who picked Boston to come out. Yeah. I didn't even pick them in. I picked. I think I picked them in seven, and they did it in four. <laughs> I, that's, that just goes to show you, right? Boston has all the. That you don't know how to pick. Yes. Had, yeah. Well, I mean, clearly nobody <laughs> did. No one thought the uh, Hurricanes were going to the conference finals. Listen, I, I picked the Hurricanes because I didn't want to pick the Bruins because I didn't want them to go through. But we, we even. So I think we all said we all think the Bruins are going to win, but we don't want them to. I said that with every series with, with the Carolina Hurricanes. That's why I put them at seven in every series. Yeah. Because it's like, I want them to win. I don't want to see a repeat guy. <laughs> and now I hate Boston so much. I hope the Blues win. Uh, I, think it's, I, think it's, I think it's a shroud. It's clouding your better judgment. 
Blues I and want, I Blues want five. It's it over in five games. They win one in Beantown, and that's it. The the Blues are a very good road team, but I I don't think I think five is five is insane. That's tough. Like giving you're not giving. I don't think you're giving the Bruins enough credit for. Yes, they I mean, had an easier the, road, they have this off. Brad Marchand, no, 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 no. Somebody, he's gonna lick someone. <laughs> they were the second best team in the Eastern. Step Conference. on a stick. <laughs> yeah. the, the, Bruins, the Bruins were the second best team in the Eastern Conference, were they not? One of the best top five. Yeah, uh, second best NHL. team in the NHL. I think they tied. And, and the St. Louis Blues yeah. have been the best team in the second half period sure, across the sure. But I mean, you, you got to give some credit to the Bruins for being a good team. I, maybe they, maybe the Blues went in five. They are a very good road team. They are certainly right, hot. They should look. have been one of the best teams in the league. But the the Bruins are going to win at least two games here. Let, let's, yeah. get of, let's get rid of the uh, no. idea okay. right, of talking about hockey for a minute. One, their accent <laughs> sucks. Okay, two, agreed. Their weather back east sucks. Three, they have right. enough damn championships in the world between all their sports teams. They don't need another oh, one. Oh, that just sounds four, like hater, Don't but... you hate Brad Marchand? And five, I hate Boston fans. So there's five good reasons not to root for the Boston Bruins. Well, none of us are rooting for them. We're just giving them at least a shot. Uh, like I said, at the start they of this, in my heart, chance. I want to They may be coming for one win. or two. In my mind, I, I can't see them, them getting past there. You say the long layoff. St. Louis won, what, four, four days ago? Well, they don't play again until... Yeah, I mean they're they're having almost a week off. Okay, anyways. dude, but like Boston's been off since May. Okay, since like they haven't had a challenge in May. Let's this go is this is the way it's I think still it goes. May. I think Boston I think, wins. I, game I think one. That, I think it all starts in May. They this, end each of them have ended in May and they all start yeah. again in May. So I'm, I'm just saying Boston <laughs> hasn't had a challenge since the beginning of May. I, I, I think <laughs> I, I think the way this goes is Boston comes in and wins game one. So the Blues as, as take home ice advantage, win game two. Blues win game three, Boston wins game four, and then Blues come out and they they win game five, and then they win game six. I I, I like the, they have to win game five in Boston and win game six at home. That's how I think it goes. I I think it is ends up being Blues in six. Uh, the Blues are you're breaking down game by game. I like yeah, this. I like I, this. Eddie. I think that's how it goes because I, I I think it's going to come <laughs> out in game five. It's going to be tied at two. I I don't think any team is going to have a, a three one advantage after four after game four. I just I can't unless it's unless it's the Blues. I'm 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 exactly on the same boat. I think it's it's, uh, the, uh, but I think it's two in Boston. They win one, and uh, St. Louis is a little razzled, and they maybe uh, try to do something a little razzled different. By game two, what? razzled dazzled. They're not going to get razzled. You don't go to the Cup final and get <laughs> razzled in Boston. You're basically, you basically you saying can. the Bruins are getting razzled Boston. if they're going to lose in five. No, they're just not that good. The East just isn't that good. Right. They're not that good. They're the second they're, they're, best yes, team in the NHL. Run, their run wasn't that good, but yeah, they were the second best team in the league this year. They have they've got nothing but confidence. very good forwards up front. They're a deep team up front. They have the good East. I, w- I would, I would agree good? with you if St. Louis like finished two days ago and they're and now we have no and they're ready to go this. and they're just there and and Boston's been waiting around for a week and a half trying to get back into. The playoff game, they're doing scrimmages, BS or whatever, to try and get them amped up. They're doing. But they're they're talking about, about doing practices the at nighttime. They they're like doing practices at nighttime now to like try to get into game mode. The Bruins had like an open scrimmage. Just do whatever you want to do. Yeah. But at this point, there's no, there's no. This team's more tired. This team had less rest. At this point, every team has had the rest. They've they've recovered. Whatever little bumps and bruises. Rest is rust. Uh, Bruins are yeah, done okay. in five. Rest rust. Okay. <laughs> I got Blues in six. I think we all have the Blues winning. I, I don't know why we're I have, fighting. No, I, I have Boston. I have Boston in six. Oh, yeah, Boston. So we okay. asked our Patreon Boston members in Discord. Six. Jimmy was the only one who popped in with a question. God bless you, Jimmy. Uh, this you. is not including people in chat on Twitch, but on our uh, Discord chat. 
Do you see any big moves happening at all at the draft or July 1st for GMBM uh, in Anaheim? No. 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 I don't. I'm in the draft, but I think he likes having two first-round picks. So He's got two first-round picks, and he's pulling up a ton of AHL players, and in my opinion, an AHL coach. So he's pulling a lot of stuff up to move into the NHL realm. And he's going to have to refill that. And he's going to want to do that with draft picks and develop them, get them in there, the next wave behind it. He's not a bad drafter. He, If he does trade, it does happen at the draft. He doesn't sign big free agents. So there's a possibility. But I think his mindset is, all right, next wave. We're, we're almost kind of like we're pushing the old, old guys out. New guys kind of come in. We'll plug holes as we see it but we're ready for that next thing and that's what he's been saying for the last two years so it's like we're moving this way and, and the thing too is is and maybe in different years i would say you package that that 20 i think what is it, 28 is what they're 29 now they're 29 okay. so you pack in that, that package that 29 and 9 and try and move up to maybe you know four or five if three if you can the problem with this year's draft is pretty much from three to nine it's basically the same type of same player thing. I mean, I think if if you get later on, if like after pick six, you know, you have it on the table, you think about it. But after you know, pick maybe six, seven, or, or even you know, right before pick eight, if it's like down to, you know, a guy you don't think is in that level, and maybe you think there's only eight really good players, maybe you try and package and move up with whoever has eight. I can't remember who it is, and and try and move up, or maybe make a deal with somebody who has seven. If there's a guy you really want, but even then, I wouldn't include another first round pick. I would just take the L if they, if you want to call it that, take whoever is at nine and then also draft another really good player. Cause there's a pretty deep first round and draft another good player at 29 where the ducks have his, have a good history of drafting late in the first round at, at getting players. I think if any deal gets done, you know, maybe it's Adam Henrique, maybe Cam Fowler, but even now I think that's, that's the biggie is Adam Henrique. Even Eric Stevens talked about it. Talking you about guys are talking about it. No, oh. Eric Stevens wrote about it too. Even sure a possibility that he's the guy that gets moved before his uh, his no trade clause get, kicks in or his limited no trade clause gets kicked in on July first. Unless it's That's an amazing guy. deal, because and they better get a, a a similar center, maybe younger, and something or else no. for it. Or no, or they just get a prospect. And you, you, can't, you, you can't get a you can't get a similar you can't get a similar center and younger because you have to pay more for that. I know, which is why I don't think it's actually a possibility because I think uh, uh, Brian, uh, Jesus, Bob Murray has actually said that this, you know, we've signed this guy. This is our guy for the next five years. He's a transition because Kessler's not back. There's only Getzloff. After that, we're looking at Sam Steele and Lundstrom. We're looking at uh, Grant. I mean, we're looking at guys that are three, four. We got to have a, a one, two. And Henrique fills that number two because Kessler is not there this next season. So unless you're getting rid of him and you're asking Getzloff to be, hey, be center one and two, you got to have something there. Unless there's a free agent signing Sam you want to do. Which they, Isaac see, this Lundestrom, is, this is the, Derek I think the Mann. problem and why we always go back and forth on, on this <laughs> this topic with the Ducks and what they're going to do in the offseason is I think – You I think they're know. rebuilding and yeah. I think they're planning yeah. to be competitive. I don't think they're going to – they should or even try and be competitive next year. I don't think they have a good enough team. Um I think moving Adam Henrique now and then going out and getting a stopgap option, you could have a 1-2 of Getzlaff and Steele and going out and getting a third-line center in free agency for one or two seasons is not going to cost you as much and work with that cap space and whatever return you get for Adam Henrique, which should be a pretty good return, whether it's draft picks or prospects, and kickstart and, and kind of accelerate that rebuild even more by getting in pieces that you can start developing now. 
in my point, gonna be it, gonna be pain yeah, next year, man. Yeah, if you're not competitive, <sighs> what's the point of keeping a player like Adam Henrique? He's only really valuable to your team if you're trying to be competitive and make the playoffs and make a run because he's at that age where that's all he's gonna do. I don't think the Ducks are a good enough team with what they have right now to be competitive and win a Stanley Cup. Look at the two teams who are in the Stanley Cup final right now. The Ducks aren't even close to being as good as those teams. No. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think that they're going to be in the Stanley Cup finals. Uh, I think they can't miss the playoff two years in a row in this marketplace. I think you can keep Adam Henrique, pick up free agents that put you close to the salary cap and then get salary cap relief off of Kessler being in long-term IR and then maybe work things around. But I don't think you get rid of your number one, two, and three center and then hope your rookie centers multiple fill your two, three, and four spot. I just don't think that happens. It just... I can't see them trying to miss this year and just calling it a wash. I think they can, as long as they get in the playoffs, they're happy. And look, it's it's uh, you know it's not necessarily St. Louis was you know that that minor team, but uh, Carolina came in and they went uh, to the conference finals. I mean, there's a possibility if you get into the playoffs, you can go far. And maybe that's all they're hoping for. They don't know. They don't think they're going to win the Stanley Cup. But if they can do enough to create buzz, they're not going to miss two years in a row if they're this close to making a playoff run. That's probably what they're looking for. The problem is, is you, you shouldn't. Uh, your aim should not be to go two rounds into the playoffs. If you can, no, I think it is. If you're in a transition period, <laughs> but if you're in a transition period, then your your main goal should be to get pieces to get to a point where you can eventually contend for a Stanley Cup. It shouldn't be to just kind of hold off and like. Would it not be better? Like, if, if the Ducks could keep Adam Henrique and somehow make a Carolina-type run to the second round, would it not be better for them in the you know in the long point to trade Adam Henrique, get good you know prospects or picks in return, miss the playoffs, get a higher draft pick, and get better to the point where they can maybe contend for a Stanley Cup? What does getting into the second round get them next year other than more disappointment and slowing down the rebuild because they get a lower first-round pick than they might have got yeah. if they traded Adam Henry? Like, you should, we should not settle for getting to the second round or just making the playoffs <laughs> because this market can't handle missing the playoffs in, in two straight years. It, it Realistically, it's better for this team next year to not make the playoffs. If I don't think any of us believe they can contend for the Stanley Cup. Nowadays, you don't really see a Cinderella team win the Stanley Cup. You might see a Carolina make the, 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 the conference finals. You can't just... You might even call St. Louis Cinderella. a Cinderella story, though. No, because at the beginning of the season, a lot of us picked them to either be the best team in the Western Conference or... Uh, yeah. be and then they shit the bed and then came back. <laughs> Yeah, it's like so me th- picking Dallas, they, too. I always you know, keep thinking Dallas is going to If you do don't something. look at the season that they had, and you just, at the beginning of the year, you said the Stanley Cup Finals is going to be St. Louis and, and Boston. You'd have been like, okay, that, that that makes sense. And The biggest at, shock on that team, though, Ed, is, is Bennington over Allen, right? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, and, and uh, we didn't even have him in the yeah, discussion. Yeah I, would, yeah, I would not have had uh, St. Louis in there with Allen in that. And no Mike E. And I like Allen. <laughs> <laughs> and Rash, All right, too. do you have any questions in chat? Do we have anybody? Uh, no, everybody that's... tuned out about a half an hour ago. Right, <laughs> yeah, right when we, we started, I think that's when everyone tuned out. <laughs> there we go. Well, that's it then. For well, Eddie's not drinking. F it. Like, everybody, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us live. If you were here, if not, and you get us on the back end because it's a memorial day week, we still love you there. We'll talk to yeah. you guys soon. Hopefully, we'll see you guys next Saturday, June 1st at Lamp Post Pizza uh, mm-hmm. West in your Belinda. Uh, we'll be posting about it this week with the exact address, time, and details. And we'll talk to you guys soon after this. We'll be back with, obviously, another show 
after the Stanley Cup final. Don't forget, we're going to have Steve Cornianos, draft analyst, on this show here uh, very shortly because he's about to get very busy with the NHL yeah. draft. He isn't already busy enough as Damn, it is. We, gotta get, yeah, no. <laughs> we have stuff to do, and uh, we'll, you guys will be hearing, us, hearing from us very soon. Talk to you guys soon. Bye, guys. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done.